You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shearer, and my guest today is Kelly Stewart. Kelly is Content Marketing Director at Apprentice, a technology company that helps pharma manufacturers get medicine to patients faster. Kelly, welcome. It is great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So we have a great topic today, and that is working with subject matter experts to get the data you need to tell really powerful stories. And before we do that, though, say just a few words about Apprentice and what you guys do. Sure. So Apprentice creates software for life science manufacturers. And we're actually the only solution that's purpose-built specifically for the life sciences, which I love. We use a mix of cloud technology and augmented reality to embed virtual instructions on your real-world view. Okay. Awesome. And we'll put a link to the company webpage in the show notes. So anyone who's curious can go check it out. But Let's get right to our topic. So, and, and to discuss this, working with SMEs in order to, to get the data you need to tell good stories, we're going to talk about a, 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 a use case, something that you've worked on, namely a glossary of life science terms. So first, just tell us about the glossary. Just describe what it is. I would be happy to. This glossary is one of my favorite subjects. I'd like to start off by saying that it wouldn't have been possible without the help of two enormously talented colleagues of mine, our copywriter, Antasha Durbin, and our senior web publisher, Ben Houghton. So big shout out to them. Okay, And the glossary. So earlier this year, I decided to create a life science glossary because I started looking into our keyword research, what our site visitors were typing into Google, and I found a lot of informational queries. What does this keyword mean? What are examples of this keyword? What's the difference between X, Y, and Z? And a glossary is the perfect way to serve up that information. So that's the inspiration for the project. And we cover a lot of different areas Mm -hmm. in science. We cover pharmaceuticals, manufacturing, cloud technology, augmented reality, Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, cool. So, So you discovered the need for a piece of content that like a place people could go to get good solid definitions of terms that based on the data people were searching for, right? So you're like, okay, let's create a glossary. That'll be a a really good like SEO play, a really good piece of content to have. And in order to do that, you turn to subject matter experts that you have internally, right? At Apprentice. So, which is of course a, a really good strategy, right? And common to, to many marketing teams, you know, you'll turn internally for stuff you don't already know get the expert input and then write content. So, but there's kind of an art and a science to working with subject matter experts. So first, how do you go about cultivating relationships with the experts that you're, that you're going to rely on? I think the first part of it is figuring out who's the right person to talk to. So what messages do I want to say? Who's got the expertise and of those people who's got the time and the inclination to collaborate. And that's Mm -hmm. a big if, right? People are really busy, but it turns out that a lot of people are really excited to participate in something that's got such a wide reach. I think the way that I cultivate relationships is, I think it really comes down to listening. Get my SME in the call. Also SME versus SME. It's like GIF and GIF. So I say SME, (laughs) apologies. SME is good. So I get them on the call. Yeah. 
Mm. I ask the right questions and then I, I just let them tell their, I think, so as a content marketer, I'm able to amplify content and expand its reach, but it shouldn't all be coming from me. If it did, that would be very boring. So I'm passing the microphone to them. I'm getting their expertise, their insights, their experience on the page. And I think that they can sense that they're not just sharing their story with me. They're sharing it with a much wider audience. And that makes them really excited to participate. Okay. So, but as you said, these are busy people typically, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they'll, you know, they'll do what they can to, to help you out. But how do you, like, how do you get them to agree to do this in the first place? Like you mentioned that you ask really good questions. How do you know what questions to ask? Like how much prep do you do? The prep? That's a great question. So I do yeah. a mix of external research, SEO research, and content planning. And the SEO research isn't just what are the high ranking keywords? How can I plug them in? Nobody wants that. It's what questions are our readers asking and how can we answer that on the page? So I make sure to cover that in the call. The content planning is I always have an outline, at least a high level outline sketched out so that we can walk through it and figure out the type of story we want to tell. But I think a lot of my prep for these interviews comes down to figuring out what I can get from them, from talking to them that I can't get from anywhere else. So what are their unique insights? What, mm. Where do they see the industry headed in the next year? What's a common misconception that they see that they want to address? So figuring out what's unique to them makes the most use of their time and mine. Okay. Now, let's talk specifically about the glossary. I mean, here you're essentially defining terms, right, that people want to learn about. And, I mean, you can look up the terms and just sort of find definitions and bring them all together. How did the subject matter experts help you with this particular piece of content? They were enormously helpful. These SMEs, SMEs, they've got <laughs> such deep industry expertise for the terms that we assigned to them. And I am a relative newcomer to some of these terms. So I think that having both of those different levels of knowledge helped me find a way to meet in the middle so that the content on the page could be understandable to people less familiar with the terms, but still informative and engaging to people with deep industry expertise like them. Okay. Uh, something else that they were really helpful with is helping me cut through the jargon and express mm. these terms as clearly as possible because I was able to get on the phone with them and just talk it out. And when we speak cleanly and clearly, right? But when we write, yeah. all the jargon comes in, but I had their voices in my head guiding me and that really helped me express it in a relatable way. Okay. So I, I assume for a given term in the glossary, like you would, just to know what it is, you would probably Google it, look it up, get a basic idea of, okay, that's what this is. And then you would turn to a, a SME. What did the SME bring that you didn't learn just from looking it up? Like what else were you trying to include in the glossary that only this subject matter expert could help you with? A lot of times they would help guide me toward a more accurate real world depiction of this term. I can think of one example for the term lights out manufacturing, where it's a manufacturing system that operates around the clock 24 seven. It's very exciting. And in my initial draft of the term, my excitement came through, but I was really hyping it up. And then my SME, Laura Jacoby, she said, wait a second, Kelly, this is great, but it's actually currently, it's more aspirational than real. We really need to make sure that we're carrying that through mm. on the page, that it's not yet a viable solution. So they would be a gut check for me in that way. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Right. Makes sense. They can help ground what you're writing and sort of real world, how people actually understand these terms or what, what they need to know about them in the yep. real world. Okay. Interesting. So again, like these are very busy people. How do you like, and, and I'm sure people don't always have time to give you like, how do you, what, what's in it for the SME, you know, beyond just kind of doing yeah. you a solid, what, how, how do you make it worth their while? So to speak. That is a great question. So for our white papers that we publish, in addition to the glossary, I make sure to include a featured thought leader section that kind of highlights their expertise, their background, their knowledge. And this is great for people trying to grow their individual brands, people mm. trying to showcase their thought leadership, which happens, everybody wants that, right? And they often turn to content as a way to express it. So it can help them grow their brands. And it's also so beneficial to our company. And I think we all have a common goal that way trying to reach more people, trying to get a bigger audience. And some of these terms are ranking Google page one featured snippets. Mm. Like we're getting people in and that's thanks in large part to these people and their participation. So it's immediately obvious the value that they're providing to both me themselves and the company. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's cool. And, and, and that sounds smart and, and probably necessary, right? That instead of just asking for stuff from, from your colleagues, their time, mm -hmm. their expertise, you're offering value as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm also trying to lower the time cost for them as much as I can. I know they're busy. Mm. I'm certainly not asking them to write it themselves or do any prep beforehand. What I've figured out is looping them in only twice at the very beginning and the very end provides a lot of value, but at not much of a cost to them in terms of time. So mm -hmm. I'll talk to them at the very beginning when I interview them, get their insights to inform the content build. And then once it's written and edited, but before it's finalized, they get to review the manuscripts and add any other notes or suggestions to help make the piece even stronger. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, a lot of these SMEs could write stuff themselves. I'm sure they write stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. I think I know the answer to this, but still, why not just ask them to write it up themselves? That, I know a lot of them could. We've got a lot of talented writers all over our team, but I think that the way I think that there's some translation that has to happen to make sure that it's accessible and also engaging to people with wide levels of experience with the topic at hand. Is this going to make sense to somebody just learning about the term? Is this going to pull our readers in and get their attention? That's the real question because everyone's attention span is limited. So how can we capture it? And that's where the content strategy comes in. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, like you say, I'm sure th there are a lot of SMEs that, that are good at writing, but maybe good at writing for people like them, not necessarily mm -hmm. for non-experts or, you know, it's not really their job to, to write marketing material. Makes and sense to me that you would, yeah, that <laughs> you would interview them and, and then you write it. It's just much more efficient process. And I'm also able to SEO optimize it so that I've got a lot of questions that people are asking as my subheads and then 40 to 50 word answers that directly answer it. So increasing our odds of getting that showing up on Google. Okay. So mm -hmm. you, you, it sounds like the glossary has done quite well. You mentioned you have some of the terms that, that rank really high on Google. Yes. I did a little happy dance when we got our first featured snippet. That's always my goal. <laughs> okay. Can you describe the happy dance? I can do it because this is an audio <laughs> podcast, so only you can see. <laughs> well, we're going to publish the video, so. No. 
I like that. It was a very happy dance. Very, very, uh, I like it. So, so what have you learned through the, that process of creating the, the glossary? What if, what did you learn maybe that you didn't know going into it about working with Anise? What I learned is that it's not enough to just prepare for that initial interview. It's also really important to prep for the content handoff when you're giving them the glossary term or the manuscript or whatever, and you say, hey, look at this, make sure it's good. If you just hand it to them, you're just dropping this content into their lap, it's not really clear how they should focus their time and their attention. So what I do is I first read through the piece, I try to flag any areas that are weaker, that could be expressed more clearly, or that need more information, but I'm not really sure what else to say. And I'll flag those in comments for them and say, hey, could I get your input on this section right here? Mm. So that by the time they receive the document, they have this these guideposts to say these areas need the most attention and it gives them a way to enter the piece. Yeah, okay. That sounds like a really good idea because otherwise you're just kind of hoping that they find stuff, but they mm -hmm. they might not. You know, that's a lot to read through. And if you're not sure what what your purpose is in looking this looking it over, then mm -hmm. it, you're probably not going to get great feedback. Yeah. And once you dive into it, it's easy to get engrossed and start going. But I feel like it provides an easier way to to just get started. Mm -hmm. Yeah. OK, great. So, well, Kelly, this is all great stuff. And just one final question. How can people connect with you? People can reach me at my website, kellywritescopy.com. You can try to find me on LinkedIn, but my name is Kelly Stewart, which is a very common name. So good luck. And I can drop a link to our company website and our glossary as well. Okay. Awesome. Well, we'll put a link to your LinkedIn in the show notes and we'll make it easier for folks to, to find. And as I mentioned, we'll put a link to the company and you know any, any other links you want, send them along. So thank you so much for a great conversation. Really interesting. Appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. It's been great talking to you. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.